Welcome to episode 10 of JNC in the evening. A whole plethora of subjects today on our podcast. MLB winter meetings, NFL, college football. We're going to go on a tight schedule based, kind of like an ESPN show. 10 minutes on each subject. We'll let out whatever we have to go to, and then we're done. Easy, simple, does it right before the break. I just finished my last chapel ever at Bio University. Does that feel good? Yeah? Thank you. Happy for you, man. Thank you. Maybe you got, how many, do you, you have one more year, right? Yep. I'm sorry. It's all right. Last one for the semester. <laughs> it feels good. It's a big week right now. It we is. We got a ton of news coming out of MOB winter meetings, NFL, college football, and my co-host Jeffrey just had his 23rd birthday. It's his oh, Jordan year. So thank you. Thank you. It's been a big week for, for the pod. Yep, it is. Um, first, we'll kick right off into MOB. 10 minutes talking MOB. The timer starts now. Caleb, your first thoughts. First thoughts, we got Justin Verlander signing with the Mets. Okay. The Mets essentially trade one ace for another one. Does this make the Mets starting pitching rotation better than last year? What do you think? It's worse. Mm. I think it's worse. They have two grandpas who can't po- pitch in the postseason. Wow. You saw for- Verlander. Former, f- former Detroit Tigers teammates, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, are now reunited being on the Mets together now. How bad do that does the 2012 Detroit Tigers feel right now when just seeing the success all over the cur- all over the board? It would be crazy. Guys. It would be crazy if they get their World Series title together cuz you know, they got swept by my San Francisco Giants. Mm, that was slight flex. That was uh, yeah, that's um that's a big one. That was a that, big that one. That was a big one. Panda three bombs off Verlander game 1. We know, we know Verlander's track record in the World Series. He had a good Game Five though this year. Yeah, to be that's fair. the only thing to compliment him. Yeah, on but him. imagine imagine the Mets getting Justin Verlander and Scherzer getting a World Series on the Mets and not getting it done when they were way younger on the Tigers. They're gonna have to go through a gauntlet. And they're the gonna NL? have to go through the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, Trey Turner signs a big contract with no opt outs. It's the it's the off season of the shortstops. Truly, do you like that contract? I like that contract. You do? I do. I'm a little bit surprised, though, because, you know, you have Bryson Stott, who was a really good... Was he a rookie this year? Correct me if I'm yes. wrong. I think he's a rookie, yeah. So. And he was obviously anchored a pretty good Phillies team. I mean, made it all the way to the World Series. No one thought they were going to get there, you know? Yeah. But, hey. um, I am skeptical on the contract. It's a, it's a long contract. With the Padres oh, contract with yes. Xander Bogart. Yes, back-to-back well. years signing shortstops to a decade and... Bucko bucks. Get in, getting into the dog years of those contracts when there's no opt-outs, that's the only thing a little concerning. Yeah, and same thing with Trey Turner's contract, too. He has a full no-trade clause, mm-hmm. so you could be stuck with him for a long time if production wears off. It is, I agree, but it's hard to look at a player like Trey Turner and see him see his production go down. Very true, yeah. And, I mean, that's what all these contracts are, right? They're just risks, you know, essentially, as these shortstops get older, too. These are long deals. And these guys aren't rookies. This is like their second or third contracts in the league. So No, that's true. And it's seeing a guy like Trey Turner with a contract like that, it's good to that these guys have or invested into these players. Yeah, definitely. And I think with Trey Turner, I just like I said, it's gonna really be a hard time just seeing him fall down just the way he plays right now. I like Trey Turner's contract better than Xander Bogart's contract. I do too. And honestly, but honestly, the the Padres have like a short window right now to get to the World Series. And if you look at their lineup next year, it's pretty nasty. Yes. And even with Tatis out for the first 20 or 30 games or so. Yes. And when he gets back, 
everyone's saying they're going to stick him in the outfield, and rightfully so. I mean, they kind of made that transition a little bit in last season or the year before, or the year before because Tatis didn't play this last season. But the year before, we saw him in the outfield a couple times, and I mean, you know, he's a great defensive player, held his own out there. This Padres lineup is going to be really disgusting, and obviously this signing is just for the short term. Even though it's a long-term deal for Xander Bogarts, like this is for right now. Like, yeah. This is to win now. So I was thinking that they would have to save for Juan Soto. Yeah, I don't know he, whether he, has, he only has what he has like two more years. Two more left, years, yeah. But it's still it's a blessing for the Padres unless they want to contract negotiate right now. Yeah, but honestly, like I said, like this is for like this season, next season. Like let's get this World Series. It's it's yeah. honestly coming off of last season. Obviously, like this is like the time to be a Padre fan. Yeah, like, I agree. And as much as it pains me to say this, as a Dodger fan, the Padres signing all these names is good for baseball. It's really good for baseball. The Padres are a relatively small market team. They've never won a World Series before. No. San Diego, obviously, it's a great sports city. Great. So, not enough to keep the Chargers, though. Not enough to keep That's the Chargers, a topic but hey. For another yep. day. <laughs> it's, but yeah, it's a great time to be a Padres fan for sure. Um, their lineup is going to look very interesting. It all depends on, I think, if they're going to re-sign Trent Grisham. Yes. For this year, because Tatis would ideally play center for the Padres. Yeah, but Grisham's such a good center fielder, though. He is. Hitting, I, obviously, could be improved. He was yeah. really good in the postseason. Yeah, great defensive center fielder, though. I've heard a couple podcasts talking about sticking Tatis in the corners. I don't like that. You don't like that? No. Specifically right field? I like right field better, because just because... Ideally, in baseball, the right fielder has the best arm. Yes. Tatis has an absolute cannon. Absolute you can't cannon. S- stick Gr- Grisham in in right field like no, that. No, no. And that's the thing. Like, Grisham's a great center fielder. Tatis is obviously very fast, very athletic, super great defensive player. It's tough, but that outfield is going to be stacked regardless. It is. And with Xander at shortstop, Machado at third base, uh, Hassan Kim at second base. Yeah, moving Cronenworth over to the one bag after. That's weird. I Honest... heard that, and that's weird. He's played there before, though. Really? Yeah, Cronenworth has played first before. He's kind of like, honestly, he's a really good utility player, I would say. Okay. Like, you can stick him like pretty much anywhere in the infield. Maybe not so much shortstop third base, obviously, with Machado and Xander Bogarts being there now. But on the right side of the infield, second, first base, he's got that covered. Yep. Um, staying in the NL West, the Dodgers have made their splash by signing Shelby Miller and Jason <laughs> Hayward. But yeah. you know how you know how I'm not losing any sleep over this. The only thing I'm losing sleep on is when they were out on Carlos Correa, and just because the fans didn't want him. Yeah, I mean, with the whole incident with know. Joe Kelly. How do you think? Being a Dodgers fan yourself, obviously, it sounds like you're you're pro Carlos Correa. Yes. Do you think that's the majority of the fan base? No, because people are soft and hold grudges back in 2017. (laughs) Yes, they stole a ring from us. But there's only three guys on that team, two guys that were on the 2017. I mean, that'd be such a redemption story if Carlos Correa came to the Dodgers and won you guys a ring. I agree. There's, I mean, he's a big contract to offer him. Granny, he's like 26, 27 years old, so it is worth it. But after after the contracts that Xander Bogarts just signed and Trey Turner, you know Carlos Correa is going to be like, hey, this is what my contract should be. Which brings me to my next point of why I think the Dodgers are haven't signed anybody big in this winter meetings. Let's hear it. And it all falls on Trevor Bauer. Whoa. That's a name that we have not heard in some time. All falls on him, and I'll tell you why. 
Let's hear it. Trevor Bauer obviously was suspended two years without pay. So granted, dumb Dodger fans are like, oh, it's not. It, they can't. They're not signing anybody because, you know, Trevor Bauer is on the is on the payroll. No, he is technically not on the payroll. But Trevor Bauer has appealed his suspension. And if he wins that suspension, the Dodgers are going to have to pay him. Yes. And that is why the Dodgers are holding their breath. And Bauer is really just kind of giving them the short end of the stick on these rosters, on these big players signings. Yeah, that's a hot take. I have not heard any of that from like mainstream media. No one's talking about Bauer, probably because, you know, their executive producers are probably like, hey, you got to read. <laughs> yeah, you got to read in between the lines where he's yeah. he's doing his thing, making his YouTube videos for momentum, which is good. Bauer looks really good, by the way. This I think I don't think it's um, it he, he probably about. honestly, he, he probably he hasn't taken a day off. He hits 97 indoors. Yeah. People no. don't understand how hard that is. No, literally, Bauer has not taken a day off of training. And, like, everything he does is so calculated. I miss the vlogs. That would be such a blessing if he came back and kept the vlogs going. Yes. That's premium content. I right agree. There. But it all comes down to Bauer if he wins the his his suspension, an appeal or not. Yeah. That's going to be tough for him, obviously. It's going to be tough. But it's i would like to see Dansby Swanson on the Dodgers. Yeah. I think that's a cheap get that they don't need to spend a whole lot on like Correa or like Xander Bogarts. Dansby Swanson reuniting with Freddie Freeman. I would like that. And they've also said that Gavin Lux there's no plan for him to play shortstop for the Dodgers. Keep him at two bag? Yeah. Keep him at two bag and it'd be I would love to have Dansby, but I like that. Obviously, Trey Turner has a much better bat than Dansby Swanson. Although he did, Swanson had a pretty good offensive year by his metrics this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a great defensive shortstop. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good role to fill. But for yeah, him. all these Dodger fans are being are super upset about. The, I saw this projected lineup where we had a lot of upcoming prospects, and people are like, "How are we gonna win with with this team? It's so and so. It's crazy. We're not gonna win the division." No, that's not true at all. You're talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers here, who have the best developmental team in baseball. They can develop guys super well, and I think we're going to be fine with Mookie, Will Smith, and Freddie Freeman at the top of the lineup. That's already as it is, and we'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of casual Dodgers fans that are used to like that big free agent splash. That's kind of been the brand a little bit that the Dodgers have built themselves around yeah. the last couple of years. But obviously, it hasn't really done much besides 2020. So this could be a good new, yeah. new, good new work, good new feel for the Dodgers. I know, like you said. All right, final five seconds. I want to say this about the Dodgers. I think it's okay that they're not signing anybody. I think they need to brace. Hey, they have the nothing to lose vibe. They got bounced out early. There it is. All right, <laughs> ding 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 ding. Done with MLB. Moving over to the NFL, time starts now. Baker Mayfield, 98-game-winning drive. Mentioned in the same week as Tom Brady's game-winning drive on Monday Night Football. Is this the first time that Baker Mayfield and Tom Brady have ever been mentioned in the same breath? (laughs) Ever? (laughs) I think other than that Super Bowl commercial, yes. Yeah, exactly. No, that's crazy. It's hard to not root for Baker Mayfield, honestly, especially last night. Like, I don't know. I think he's still a little bit of a fraud. I think it's props to him for like learning the playbook in under a day and a half. I saw this uh, tweet. Is like they the Rams just literally Amazon primed a quarterback. No, over. literally. <laughs> but it was a. It was obviously Thursday night football games aren't as good. as no. they have 
promised to be. I mean, the, the most last of the, most one, of the prime times this this season have not been up yeah, to par. or for Thursday night football at least. Yeah, I think Sunday night football excites. I think the best Thursday night football was Chiefs Chargers back in I think week two. Oh yeah, that was a great game. Great game, terrible for um, Charger fans, of course. But I I looked back at that drive. It was impressive. But it was impressive. Him getting out of his own, like, if it wasn't for those two penalties, if it wasn't for the stupid acts of the Raiders' defense doing stupid stuff, which they always do, this game could have turned out different. Yes, very true. And also going off Baker Mayfield, and the next thing we're going to get into is the 49ers quarterback situation, holding off on that a little bit. A lot of Florida Niners fans were very skeptical about the rumors about Baker Mayfield coming to San Francisco. Does this game-winning drive make them change their minds at all? I think so. This bought him a little more time in the NFL. It did. It sure. honestly, like, I've heard a lot of people say this. It definitely extended his career a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's given him some more prospects. Yes. You know, like it just it shows that hey, he can still play in this league. You know, and honestly, props to Sean McVay because he did more with Baker Mayfield in 48 hours than Matt Rule did with him the entire season. Yes, I agree with that. And on the broadcast, Chris Con or Kurt Herbstreit was saying Chris Collinsworth. I'm just I'm looking at um the other broadcaster and they used to be together on NBC Al Michaels, but it's it was Kirk Herbster who's saying that Baker that these all the these plays are all long like X Y cut one two banana sling F Y it's hard to memorize so what Baker had was on his wrist all those long plays and mm. so McVeigh worked with him saying hey we'll go play forty three. And it's on there. He knows the plays, obviously, because he's a, he's a veteran quarterback. Yeah. So he had the, all the long plays on there, reading them out. And I think there's only one, one or two maybe muffed plays. Yeah. I think there's one where it was a, it was going to be an end, a jet sweep end around, and it was just miscommunication or Acres was on the wrong side or something. That's Russell Wilson's worst enemy is having the playbook on the yeah. <laughs> You know, here it's funny. Um. Baker Mayfield came in through 230 plus yards and one touchdown, which is the same as Russell Wilson had. The same as Russell Wilson. He's only had one 200 plus 30 yard game and one touchdown. Okay, what's the bigger surprise? Baker Mayfield's game winning drive for the Rams this season, yesterday, or Russell Wilson's very subpar offense with the Denver Broncos? The subpar offense, 100%. We knew this. We knew Baker had it in him. I think I did. It was just hard seeing him in the black hole of quarterbacks in the Panthers and the Browns. Yeah, very true. Speaking of the Browns, Deshaun Watson debuted in front of the, in front of his Cleveland crowd and he didn't look too good. No, but honestly, that's... this was known. This was th- we we knew this was going to happen. He hasn't played football. He hasn't been on an NFL field in like over 700 days. Yeah. I think it's kind of an overreaction to start selling on him right now. I agree. And it's I don't know if the Browns are in the playoff picture. They are five and seven. They're on the bubble, so they need they need the Patriots and the Chargers to lose. I don't think they're going to make playoffs. They have the Bengals coming up in Week 14. Don't think they're going to win that. Maybe they are. It could be a high scoring game, but I don't think they're going to make playoffs. So this is a big, I have nothing to lose moment for Deshaun Watson because the Browns, I don't want to say stupidly, but half heartedly signed this man and gave him a whole bunch of money. Whole bunch of money. Yeah. Yeah, they signed a quarterback for that much money just for a defense to carry him. Granted, it was yeah. only one game, but I mean, if you stream the Browns' defense, kudos to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a crazy <laughs> start. Oh my gosh! Didn't hear the didn't hear the end of it from my buddy who played him thirty three points. But do you think 
Do you think Deshaun Watson's career is going to kind of funnel down into the lower stocks of things since he's on the Browns? It's hard to say. I think that maybe we see how the rest of the season plays out. And then I think you give him at least one more season before you can say that. Give him a whole off season. You know, I'm sure he's been working out, obviously, staying in shape. But give him a whole season with the team and let's just let's see what happens. You know, it'd be a cool idea. And this would not work because NFL football players would never do this. Let me hear it. So, you know how you have the NBA Rutger Park and these all yes, these yes. low key small leagues. Yeah. What if there's something like that for football? Like players? a Drew League for the NFL. A Drew League for the NFL players for guys like Deshaun Watson. But who like it's had like a flag football. Snap. Yes. <laughs> yes. That would be insane. Go to the or go to the freaking XFL if it still exists. Yeah. And there's another. They're trying to put another football team out there or football league out there. I forget what it is. But what if they had that? It wouldn't happen though because. They don't want to injure their brains and body as much as they already have. Yeah, and ba- basketball is way less. I mean, obviously, basketball is still a grind, obviously, et cetera. Yes. We're not, we're not, we're not going to get into the debate on which sport is hardest. No, but like, obviously, you can just go to the park and play a pickup game, and it's not going to do much to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that'd be really cool to see some NFL players out there. I mean, that's what the Pro Bowl is now. It's flag football, right? What do you think? On, what do you? What are your thoughts on the Pro Bowl? Honestly, never been a huge fan of it. Never really watched it that much. Um. But I think watching a flag football game might be pretty interesting. I missed back in the day where guys were laying out Tom Brady in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and they took it seriously. And it was the same with the All-Star game in the MLB. Yeah, honestly, out of all pro sports, this is a little bit off topic, but out of all pro sports, like the MLB All-Star game is by far my favorite. Yeah, for because sure. you can't go, you can't have pitchers lobbing the ball from the from the pitcher ma- no. pitching mound. No, and it, and it used to mean something. It used to yeah. mean World Series World advantage. Series home, home I advantage. like that. I like that too, yeah. No, it's nice when there's like something on the line to make players actually like have an incentive to like play. Yes, you know? yes. I. There, it's hard to do that with the Pro Bowl because yeah, the Super Bowl true. has a home base every yeah, single year. Very true. What but, do you think could ask, if we could, we're kind of spitballing here, what yeah. do you think is an aspect in the final three minutes of talking football? Um, the, what could the Pro Bowl kind of incorporate into the NFL to make people try hard if, if if it was still a game? Yeah, no, I was literally just thinking about that. And the first thing that came to my mind is like draft pick. But I don't know how that would work because you have a single player <laughs> that would playing. Be, that, would that would be, would be so be much pressure. Really interesting. <laughs> that would be so much pressure. Imagine playing dodgeball. I was like, all right, Jamal, if you win, <laughs> we get the first pick of the draft. No, literally. it's Coach, all, no. The entire franchise is on the weight of his shoulders. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> How crazy would that be? That'd, that'd be, be football spiraling, spiraling out of control. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I don't know. Probably like a money incentive would probably be like yeah. on a contract. Like, hey, if you make the Pro Bowl and if you have these Pro Bowl stats, then you'll make a certain amount of money. I think that'd be pretty motivating for players. But I think it will be too. It's hard to. I think they already do have. If they make the Pro Bowl, they get a yeah. Contract probably if incentive. they make the Pro Bowl, but they should have like some sort of like stats or like even for the skills competition. Like, hey, if you win the skills competition or whatever, then you make this amount of money. Like. I think that'd be plenty of incentive for players to go out there and try their hardest. It's a fan viewing opportunity. It's for the fans. It really is, yeah, for sure. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to watch these guys play flag football. Yeah, because you know, there's some things we could take away for yeah, intramurals. You know what yeah. the thing? <laughs> Maybe you can. I <laughs> get beat by your co-host on a couple of times, but you guys ended up with the win. But I am, I'm excited. I'm excited to see these kids play flag football. Because I think they're actually going to go hard on yeah. it. Because it's flag football. Oh, I haven't played flag football in years. They don't have to worry about getting tackled. No, yeah. I think they'll have a lot of fun with it. I think we'll see some nasty catches and, like, it'll be crazy. It'll be cool. But um, final minutes, 
playoff spot six and seven belongs to the Dolphins and the Jets. The Jets. The Jets. The, the Mike. The Mike White Jets. Yeah. Do you think they keep that spot? No. No. Who is it going to go to? Dolphins. The Dolphins already have the playoff spot. It's thought, six and seven. What did I thought you said? The Dolphins were six and seven too. What did you? The say? Dolphins are eight and four, but they're the six and seven. Oh, six and seven seeds. Yes. Um. So on the bubble right now is the Patriots and the Chargers. Both six I think and six. I think the Chargers are on the come up a little bit. I think the Chargers are on the come up. I don't think Mike White, Mike White can sustain like this Jet success of this season. Um, they did have a really good game against the Vikings, but I don't know. I think the Chargers are going to come in and get that spot. Are the Bills on the downfall? I think the Bills have been a little bit on a decline. They kind of have, honestly. Like since. Um, I think when they dominated against the Rams, everyone was Ten super, super high on them. But, like, I think they're a little bit on the decline, yes. Okay. I, I, I like that, too. Obviously, what the, the Titans, weirdly, 7-5. and five, They always confuse me every single year. But we'll get that to another on another podcast. Um, Ten minutes is up for NFL. We are going over to college football starting now. Caleb, let's lead you off. All right, we got Heisman finalists Stetson Bennett, Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud, and Max Dugan. Who do you think wins that? Come on, man. Caleb Williams. Oh, he, okay. He's literally just won like three or four awards in the last like two days. Those awards mean nothing. It gives him a good resume coming into the Heisman Trophy Back-to-back back years, the best wide receiver in football doesn't win that wide receiver award. I forget what it's called. It's a long name. But Marvin Harrison should have won that award. It went to a tight end. It went to a Tennessee wide receiver, and also on the fact of Heisman, I don't know how Caleb Bennett is in this. Stetson Bennett. Stetson, but yeah, why did I say Caleb Bennett? What's up, my buddy? He's on the <laughs> baseball team. Um, Stetson Bennett is in this when um, Halem Hooker is not. Yeah, granted- even though he tore his ACL, I think he's better than Stetson Bennett. Yeah, I think that injury just kind of unfairly i think it kind of disqualifies him from this award have you seen all the memes of stetson bennett and lamar jackson yes they're the same freaking age yeah that's and crazy. he won the heisman back in 2016 16, literally i was a freshman sophomore in high school one of those me too i was a junior yeah what that's crazy yeah they're, what they're the same exact age He's the same age as patrick mahomes too he must have red shirted purple shirted yellow shirted yeah, he did all the all shirts, the shirts. <laughs> I think, do you think Max Duggan has any chance? I do. I think. On, Since he won the award for best quarterback over Caleb Williams. Yeah, I think he does have a chance. Watching him play against K-State, even though they lost, I haven't watched much of TCU this year. He's a dog. Yeah. Literally. He, like, single-handedly carried that team back to sending them into overtime. Yeah. And he, they should have won. They should have, instead of that halfback dive, they should have let him run the ball because he was successful with that all day. That play call was not good. No, it was not. They Honestly, I truly believe if they ran a QB sneak there, I think it was less than one yard, right, yeah. on the goal line? Yeah. If they ran a QB sneak there. You're four yards back. If J.J. They, Watt said it best. You're four yards back. Yeah, with the halfback dive, yeah. Um, if Max Dugan ran in that in their TCU is big 12 champs and they're undefeated heading into the playoffs with a lot of momentum. I agree. I agree with it with a lot of momentum too, as you said it best, but give me your, I'll do, you do your Heisman rankings of who's going to win from first to fourth. And yeah. I'll do mine. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with Caleb Williams. Number one, huge Caleb Williams stand, big yeah. USC Trojans fan. I'm going to go Williams. I'm going to go Max Duggan, 
Okay. I'm going to go CJ Stroud, and I'm going to have Stetson Bennett at number four. CJ Stroud finishing third over Duggan? I think so, Explain yeah. that. I just – okay. First of all, CJ Stroud – I mean, he played decently against Michigan, but, I mean, TCU and Duggan hasn't had that big of a loss this season. Mm-hmm. If you look at the stats, I'm not familiar with the stats. I'm sure CJ Stroud. We looked at it. CJ Stroud ha- was really high up on passing, like yeah. like top like three, I believe. Yeah. I just really like watching Max Duggan play, and he has a lot of momentum right now with that K State game. I think that really, I think a lot of people weren't really sold on TCU until that game, until the Big Twelve Championship, because then the entire country got to watch, and he has a lot of momentum right now, and I just. I don't know. I just like the way he played, and he honestly, like, he's been a huge part, obviously, in how successful TCU has been. And honestly, too, like, TCU, this is the first year that they've ever been in the CFP. Playoffs. Yeah, playoffs, ever. And they're the smallest school to ever make it there. Yeah. And that's been because of riding on his coattails, you know? Okay. So I think that really patents his Heisman resume. Okay. I think C.J. Stroud is obviously, out of all these people, I think C.J. Stroud, arguably with Caleb Williams, I think Stroud is one of the best NFL draft prospects in this in this class right here, in this Heisman class. There's going to be two Buckeyes in the top ten. For sure, yeah. Him and then the receiver that's not playing Smith and in the playoffs, which is a huge— I think so, too. A huge loss for Ohio yeah. State. And honestly, a very selfish move, in my opinion. Really? For sure. I think, honestly— this is off the track a little bit, but with like this playoff portal and everything, and NIL, I think college football is really becoming a me business right now. Okay, interesting. And, and not playing in a playoff game that is super like disrespectful to your team. I think. Who would want like? I get the Rose Bowl. I get the non-playoffs. I get that, but it's it's literally you're literally playing for a national. You're championship. playing for a national championship. Your NFL career isn't guaranteed. Like, if you win a national championship for Ohio State. Your legacy yeah. in Ohio is literally like Cardell Jones will never have to buy a meal in ever, Columbus ever, ever. Again. No, literally ever. And like, I don't know. I just think it's a very selfish move. Okay, because when did people kind of start doing that? I don't remember. And I don't remember Michael Thomas taking the taking the game off. No, even farther back, Reggie Bush. Yeah, any, any of these super amazing NFL prospects. I mean. I don't know. It's just this is the first time I ever remember someone sitting out of a playoff bowl game, let alone just like a whatever, a Rose Bowl, a um I think it might have to do with the injury. That's Depends. also that's also he true. He hasn't he's been dealing with a hamstring in, injury since week one. That's also true. And hamstring injuries are nothing to joke around Not, about. No, definitely. Yeah. They are just probably one of the hardest things to recover from. Such a minor between minor and major injury, mm-hmm. you don't know how it's just all a feel thing because the hamstrings are one of your most important muscles when it comes to football because you're running. Yeah, especially being a receiver too. Yeah, it is. That is interesting to say that it's selfish. I don't know how I feel about it. I think you I mean, obviously want to protect your career. Yeah, but if you're looking 10, at it from maybe like your, top twenty. Yeah, if you're looking at it from like your teammates' perspective, though, if literally your best receiver isn't playing and you're trying to win a national championship, how then your and as a coach, like how much of a shot in the foot is that for you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's not like Ohio State's losing a whole lot. I mean, no, they are obviously. Stacked. They have Marvis, Marvin Harrison, and Mika Mbuka on the corners with uh, Julian Fleming in the slot. It's good. Yeah. So it's it is tough. Wishing Smith and Jigma all the best. But back to the Heisman's. That's kind of a rant. Let me hear yours. All right. Um, 
I like Caleb Williams number one. Stroud. I'm surprised to hear you say that. I I'm not gonna I'm not I'm gonna be unbiased here, and I okay. think Caleb Williams just had a good season, and you can't really base. Um, it's hard because Caleb Williams and Stroud both lost their final final games of the yeah, season. Definitely. And it could put it that puts a damper on it for mm-hmm. the Heisman, but out of all, I think CJ Stroud's game against that team up north really nerfed his <laughs> nerfed his chances. And so I'm looking at the odds right now as Caleb Williams is minus twenty five hundred, Max Duggan plus two thousand, Stetson Bennett plus three thousand, and Stroud plus five thousand. Oh, so wow. Stroud's actually projected to finish fourth. Wow. In the highest one, I got him at two. Duggan three. Stetson Bennett four. But uh, yeah, I agree. Max with that. Duggan and Stroud an argument for number two. For sure, definitely. It's gonna be a good day. It's gonna be a good day for USC. For sure, yeah. No. Was definitely. it the last time? The uh, USC. When's the last time? Probably Bush or Liner. Bush. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. And you know, this kind of segues. How much time we got right now? Two minutes. Okay, this kind of segues into the transfer portal. Big news with uh, Deion Sanders being Colorado's head football coach. Yes. This puts in a huge conversation about the transfer portal. We see tons of people flooding to the transfer portal. Is this going back to your selfish um, motives for college a, li- football? a little bit, yeah. I mean, to, it's becoming like a professional business. Yeah. I, it always has been for the coaches and the schools, but for the players, like now they have their name, image, and likeness. They're becoming they're becoming their own business, you know. Yeah. Before they're even professionals, even high school kids are getting NIL deals, and that's just kind of the social media age we're in. But um, how do you what do you feel about this transfer portal situation? Do you think this is good for college football, or do you think that it's kind of a damper on I've it? I've never liked the transfer portal idea because obviously you go to college football to play. Yeah. And it's hard to do that when you have all these. The okay, I just want to go. I want to go over to the Deion Sanders part. Because a lot of his speech was out of context. So much of it. Because they, because they gave the the Bleach Report, ESPN is like, they they clipped the part. Was like, y'all better hit that hit that portal. I got my I got baggage lug- with me, and it's Louis. coming in. But he's saying that he's not banning. He's not you know putting these players under the bus. No. Granted, they went one and eleven, and change yes. is <laughs> needs to be made. And also, yes. there's big change at Colorado already. For sure. Already. Yes. And it's just the Deion Sanders effects. There's four to five stars calling in interested. Yeah. Colorado has like maybe a hundred thousand more social media followers. Yes. It's a lot. But going back to the speech, he said, hit the transfer portal. If you're not ready to work at yeah. this level. Yeah. And that's why he, that's why it's so out of context about it. And when someone posts that Deion Sanders, actually go watch the whole thing. No, seriously. Yeah. Go watch the whole speech. It's an eight minute great speech it is and there's so many media members members of espn fox people that this is their job to dissect these things and talk about them you can even tell that they just saw clips of it yeah because they're all like oh like this is so bad for dion to say this like he's telling kids to go to the transfer portal first of all that's not what he said no. he said hit the transfer portal if this isn't you if you're not smart athletic tough a grinder willing to go to work yep like he's giving these kids a warning like they should be honestly thankful for this yes because they can hit the transfer portal or they can try their hand at playing for him but obviously colorado one and 11 they went through five quarterbacks last year and their top quarterback threw for just as many touchdowns as he did for interceptions he had six touchdowns and six interceptions so obviously change needs to be made there and if you disagree then i don't know what to tell you Mm -hmm. 
All right, before we go, I want to ask you two questions. All right, let me hear it. One of them, what's Colorado going to finish next year? Colorado's going to finish with at least six or seven wins next year in the Pac-12. Okay. And they're going to do even better when USC and UCLA go to the Big Ten. Okay, I like that. I was expecting, like, they're going to go 10-2. and two. No. No. That's, <laughs> it's a little bit of a stretch. Baby steps. All right, second question, a little bit of trivia for you. Max Duggan is the second TCU Heisman finalist. In in Horn Frogs history, yeah. Can you name the other person? Was he an NFL quarterback? No. I'll give you five questions. Five questions. Kay. Yes or no? He wasn't an NFL quarterback. No. I don't even know what else to ask. <laughs> <laughs> One more question. I don't even know any TCU quarterbacks besides. He was. A, I'll, I'll give you a hint. He was a running back. Oh, okay. He was a running. Okay, so he's an NFL running back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. See, the Heisman is so full of quarterbacks. It's hard to know if they. Yeah. Whatever. Um, okay, what team did he play for in the NFL? Who did he get drafted by? Do you know? I can only answer yes or no questions. That okay. would give it away. Okay. Was he a f- first-round pick? Or, yes. Yeah, okay. Is he still in the NFL? No. Um, did he win a Super Bowl? No. I can't even think of the last running back that won a Heisman. Um, no, he didn't win. He just was a, a finalist. finalist. Okay. Um, I have no idea. Give it to me. Ladanian Tomlinson. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> the the record, the single season touchdown record holder. Charger, right? Charger. Yeah. San Diego Charger. And that's what we're gonna end on. Be better, Caleb. Come on. Thank next you. time. Next, <laughs> next time. time. Thank you guys for tuning in. So, uh, thank you guys so much. Um, we will be taking a little break as we go as Caleb and I go into um, winter break. Yes. So we'll take a little intermission. Give you give yourself to catch up on our other podcast. Yes. We'll have we, a lot of great interviews coming in. Yeah, we got great interviews coming in. Um, we're reaching out to some people, some big social media yes. people on the come up. Staying on the social media side, just on parts of executing it all. But maybe we'll have something, maybe like a Zoom call. That? That'd be cool, yeah. And we'll get some more YouTube content on the way too. More yes. TikTok content, Instagram reels. We're freaking it all out, people. That's right. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Jeff Wilson, Caleb Crawley. We will see you guys later. Later.